0: It's amazing to me how something so small as a bullet that, I know you can't see it, but something so small that can change your life. Uh, That sound was excruciating, it was loud, but it absolutely, it changed everything. Isn't it amazing how something seemingly so, again, so small can just stop everything like a virus. (laughs) Can't see it, but it stopped completely everything, Amen. And so this morning I'm going to share a story with you. Um, and as I'm sharing this story, I'm I, I want you to put yourself somewhat in the story as I share it. There may be a place for you to be like, oh, I can relate to that, or I can relate to this place in the story. But again, something so small. And so some of you may have a story like this. You may not have something that's such a monstrosity, something so huge, so big that's, that's got you uh, this morning, but, but something that may be small that may be trying to take you out. Something just like, not a bullet, but something small. Matter of fact, Paul said that, uh, the Bible talks about this, that it's the, it's the small things, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine, right? And so you may not be dealing with something uh, that's like, so you're not, you know, Wall Street didn't fall around you or you didn't lose all your um, all your money to the stock, whatever, but you may be something small, something, an issue that may be trying to take you out. And this morning, I'm gonna share a story with you uh, that happened to me. It's a true story. Some of you have heard this story. Some of you have not, but I wanna share it with you in hopes that you would come to know our Redeemer, that you would come to know who Jesus is, that you would come to not just, talk about and not hear a story about religion because we are not at all anything about religion, but we're all about relationship with the living God. Amen. It's all about relationship. I don't ever want to talk to you about, about going to church and just having religion because all the other gods, all the other people that serve these other gods, they have religion. We have relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. So as I tell the story, Um, I'm praying that the Lord would uh, help you to find your way or help you to be able to come to know him even stronger. So pray with me. Lord, I want to thank you for who you are. I pray, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, even today as we hear your word, I declare over us today that we are good ground to receive the engrafted word of God, that you would help us to really, Lord, grasp uh, what you're trying to say to us your word actually says this that whoever has ears to hear Let him hear what the spirit of god is saying So I pray lord and thank you that As we're we as we're praying. We know lord that that this all the worship all the things that happened this morning Is not a prelude to the message, but everything we do we want to glorify you We want you to be glorified Would you just tell the lord that just say lord? I want you to be glorified Let's tell me I just I want you to be glorified and we thank you, Lord, that you will be, and we bless you and love you. In Jesus' name, amen. In November of 2003, uh, 18 years ago, uh, I was uh, headed with the pastor. I was on staff here at the church, and we as pastors uh, take a trip. We used to take a trip every year, uh, as I called it a planning retreat. As a planning retreat, a strategic planning retreat that we would have, uh, really, we were going deer hunting. Is really where we were. We were going, but we had to call it something to feel spiritual. So we call it a deer. We call it a strategic planning trip. We did plan some, and we prayed as pastors. But we would go deer hunting, and I love hunting. I grew up hunting with my father uh, in Arkansas. Uh, we, uh, which uh, Arkansas should have won that game yesterday, but anyway, we um, grew up. I grew up hunting with my dad, and um, so I knew about hunting. But that particular time, uh, we, we we went away, and I remember that evening realizing that I needed to get up the next morning at 5.30, because that's what deer hunters do. They get up at 5.30 in the morning, and so I was just like, I'm going I'm going to the cabin. I'm going to go to sleep because I'm not an early riser like some other people. Um, I do uh, when I have to going hunting or fishing and I usually have my quiet time in the evening and at night, but I knew I was going to get up. So I was like, I got to go to bed early. So I told Pastor Terry, I told other pastors, I'm going in and um, I'll see you guys in the morning now. I told them that I was going to the cabin, and I was, but I took a detour. I, instead of going left, I went right because I wanted to go around on the property, on the ranch, there's a lake in the middle that's on the property that I wanted to stop by. It was a full moon, it was a beautiful night, and I wanted to stop there um, just as a, as a detour. So I took a detour. Now, I want to tell you, I want to stop there right now and just tell you that, again, if you put yourself in the place, I took a detour, and some of you here, uh, this morning have taken a detour. Some of you that are watching, your life has taken a detour. Some of the things that you've told yourself, maybe you told other people, maybe you've had plans and your life have taken a turn uh, and you've taken a detour. Maybe you said you were going to finish that degree. Maybe you said you were going to get that job and you were going to do this and you were going to become great. There were some things that you had in your mind, some dreams, some visions, some things that you had that you were going to do and your your life has taken a detour. You've not planned on you you didn't plan on your life being where it is Necessarily, right now, maybe it is. Maybe you you uh, accomplish what you wanted to accomplish, but sometimes. In this journey, in this thing called life, we take detours sometimes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I was headed this way, I was going that way, I was moving that way, but then all of a sudden I realized that some things happen. Some things happen uh, in, in your life that causes you to go on a lifelong or life detour and you're not exactly where you want to be. Sometimes when I ask people about their relationship with the Lord, one of the first things they, they tell me is, well, pastor, my relationship with the Lord isn't necessarily where I want it to be. So there's detours, and you take a detours. And here's what I love about it. whatever detour you've taken, wherever place that you're in right now, what I love about the God that we serve is that he is able to take your detour and get you right back on track to where he has called you to be. He's a God that we serve, and no matter what tribulation, no matter what trial, no matter what you are going through right now, God is saying, I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord. They're to give you a future. They're to give you a hope. He He says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way, and though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down, because the Lord, the Lord, the Lord will uphold him with his hand. I didn't make that up. That's what the Bible says about who we serve. So no matter where you are, somebody's like, well, I've taken a detour, Pastor Chris, and I've not gotten back on track. That's okay. Doesn't matter. God is able to pick you up out of the miry clay, set your feet on a rock, put a robe on your back, call you righteous, call you redeemed, call you saved, call you son, call you daughter, and get you right back into the place that you need to be. That's the God that we serve. Amen? And so some of you may be at that place. I thought I love about uh, the car system that we have right now. The car systems you have a you have a GPS. You have a navigational system in your car, and when you type in that place, it, it's it's able to navigate you to that to the place that, that you're supposed to go. And what I love about that, it doesn't condemn you. Uh, the Siri that gets on my on my uh, truck and on my car, it doesn't say, "Hey, Chris, you're an idiot. You took this left turn. You know what? Why in the world would you make that turn? What's wrong with you?" There's, it doesn't do that. You know what it says? What my navigation system says? It says recalculating. That's all it says. It's recalculating. Rerouting. Rerouting you. So I want to tell you today, God doesn't call you dumb. He doesn't call you stupid. He doesn't condemn you. He didn't come into this world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. And so he's saying to you this morning, I'm recalculating you this morning. I'm causing you. I'm rerouting you this morning. I'm causing you. You thought you were going this way. You thought you were moving this way. But God says, I have other plans for you. And my plans are good. My plans are sure. My plans are the best plans. so man tries to strategize and plans his way, but God is the one who's going to have control and get the glory out of your life. That's good preaching right there. I don't care the you are. That's good preaching. You need to know this morning. Somebody needs to hear this morning that God is able to navigate you and put you right in the plan that he has for you. And, you, and then all you got to do is say yes to him. Amen. So I took a detour, I took a detour, and I was headed to the cabin, and you know, as far as they knew, the pastors that I was talking to, as far as they knew, that I was back at the cabin, but I wasn't, I wasn't, I was at the lake, and I could hear them on an ATV, I took the four-wheeler to the lake, they took another ATV to find out where I was, they were kind of, they didn't actually know where, I, they weren't trying to find out where I was, they knew where I was, I was in bed, but I wasn't, so I could hear them coming. I hear him a mile away and I can hear him coming closer and I can hear him coming even closer. Now I'm saying this to you because I want to stop and I want you to hear this some of you, I want you to know that <laughs> the Bible says this in John ten ten. For the thief comes not only, but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. So evil is always trying to encircle about you. Evil things always trying to encamp around about, try to circle and get closer. The Bible even said this in Genesis about Cain. He says, "Listen, Cain." He goes, "Say, he says, evil Satan is this is crouching at the door." Sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is for you. Sin is looking for you, its desire for you to take you out. Just like this little bullet here just is designed, it is designed. A hollow point, 7.62 hollow point bullet is designed to kill anything that it enters. Anything that you shoot at, you're supposed to take it out. And and so sin is the same way because the thief comes only to kill and to steal and to destroy. He's trying to kill your relationships. He's trying to kill your future. He's trying to take out your destiny. But this is what I love about God. He says, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That's 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 the God that we serve. I have come that you might have life, and so I could hear. So I'm telling you right now. Some of you feel that way. You feel like sin. You feel like problems. You feel like issues are crowding in on you. You can hear it. It wasn't far off, but the problems and issues seems to get get worse. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, even even with this deal, I, the best laid plans, the best plans I could have. You think about it, becoming the senior pastor of this church, and Pastor Terry saying, "Chris, this is what I believe God is saying." I go, "Yes, I believe this is what God's saying." COVID hit. Terry, do you still think that that's what God is saying? Do you still? I just want to know. He goes, you got to know when to fold them. Know when. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> know when to run. Anyway, the I <laughs> didn't know black people knew Kenny Rogers. I know a little bit about Kenny Rogers. But here's the deal. Even your best laid plans... The enemy can do some things, harassment to try to stop you from what God has in store for you so I could hear them coming closer and closer. And while I'm sitting there on that four-wheeler and I see them and they shine the spotlight on me, it's just like what happened in the video. I hear these words, do you see him? And so I'm thinking they're talking about me because I'm the only one out here, you know, Uh, do you see him? Then I hear the word shoot. And just as I get ready to throw my hands up to tell them that I'm over here, Four shots rang out. The first bullet comes in right here in my side. I can feel the knot right here. The bullet comes in and it, and it blows out to uh, my side. And then um, the second bullet comes in and, gets and, and hits me in the arm and then, and then lodges right here under my arm. And I want to tell you that I say this a lot, but the only reason why that bullet stopped in my arm is because on my way down, I made a muscle like Superman and that <laughs> bullet just stopped right there. That's a lie, Steven, that's a lie. I wish it was. But then the next two bullets went through and went by my head. They buzzed by my head. They went by my head. And I can't tell you the excruciating pain that I am going through at this point. It takes my breath away. I immediately feel the blood gushing out of my side, comes pushing out of my side, and the blood's running down and soaking my clothes and even into my boots. And it is not just trickling out. It is gushing out. I can feel it. Not only that, my mind, I see white lights. I see bright white lights uh, in my mind so that my brain goes 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 numb and all of a sudden my breath is knocked away. You can understand. You understand a bullet that comes out the muscle velocity at 3400 foot pounds per second. The energy that comes from that bullet and it's a 7.62. I know some of you women are like, what does that mean? This is what I mean by that. 7.62 bullet is the diameter of the bullet. It is twisting because the rifling of that gun causes that bullet to spin and and also it's a hollow point a hollow point upon entry is supposed to expand because what you're shooting at you want it to die so it expands to take all of the muscle tissue all of the any internal organs anything that it hit is designed to expand and take it out so that there's a quick kill so that is coursing through my body and it's hot it's a burning sensation it's excruciating pain I cannot describe to you I don't want ever anybody to ever go through that or have to go through that and it is it is something that it, I, I will never forget it not only was the sound loud but the bullet that coursed through my body hurt so bad that I could not breathe it was it, it was a burning hot metal sensation that I it just excruciating Now I don't care what movie you've seen I don't care what CSI program you watch I don't care what kind of uh, movie that you saw And in the, in, 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 there's nothing that can describe to you the pain of a bullet coursing through your body so the next time you see John Wayne or any of those other movies where they go, oh, you got me, and you fell over, that's a lie. That's not how it is. It hurts. It's crazy how painful it is. I sat there and I mean, it wasn't this going, oh, and then fall over. I fell off of it and I started screaming like a little girl. Ah! I was screaming because it hurt so bad and i could feel the blood running out. Now, I want to tell you this. They tell you that Your life flashes before your eyes. They say, you you hear stories about, did your life flash before your eyes? No, it didn't flash before my eyes. My life didn't flash before my eyes. I didn't go back and see all the things that I'd done bad, all the things that happened in my life. I didn't see none of that. The first thing that came to my mind was my family. So I was able to have a conversation, but... Some of you and people that are watching and people that have almost come close to death, they will tell you that you may have time, but sometimes you don't have time to say anything. So if you're sitting here trying to say, I'll wait, pastor, to give my life to the Lord, because at the time that I, that I die, you may not have the chance to do that. That's why the Bible says today is a day of salvation. Now is the time to say yes. Now is the time for you to receive Jesus. Now is the time for you to come to the cross and, and to be redeemed. Now is the time for that because you may not have time. Death is something that will come to us all. Every one of us, or I hate to tell you that, you're going to bust a bubble. He's like, well, Jesus is coming back. I would love for the trump to sound, and then all of a sudden I do this, and then I, then, I, then I go up into heaven. I know it's going to take a little bit more power for me to go than somebody like, you know, some of you, some of you small people but I'm going I am going so I'm going to see the king but I cannot guarantee you that you are going to have time to repent and and say uh, Lord now I'm ready to receive you because it is, it is not it is not appointed except for the Bible says one time for man to die and then the judgment so don't think you have time it's like I'll have time I'll have time I'll get my you need to say yes to Jesus today because you don't know when You know, I'm having a conversation, but you don't necessarily know when. That's why there's a guarantee. That's why I'm confident in this. That's why you can know. They would say that in the Old Baptist Church, like, do you you know if you died tonight that you would go, and they would say it just like that. They would sing a little, then you would go to heaven. I didn't know necessarily, but I do now. I know that I know that I know that when this body is done, or if something happens, or they shoot me again, Vanessa gets mad, get a gun, and shoot me again, I know that I'm headed to heaven. I'm just kidding. She loves me. Uh, I know I'm headed to heaven, not only do I know that I'm having to heaven, somebody says, how do you know? Because you've prayed a prayer, not just because I prayed a prayer, but the spirit of God bears witness with his spirit, the bears witness with my spirit, the bears witness with his spirit, that I'm a son, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, that I am set apart, and God has sent his son to die in my place so that I can have life and have it more abundantly. Do you hear what I'm telling you? You can have a guarantee. You can have a guarantee. Some of you don't necessarily have a guarantee, but I got a guarantee that I'm going to make it to heaven. So when you stand there next to the, are you going to be the goats or, or the sheep? Are you going to be a goat or are you going to be a sheep? I don't want to be Tom Brady when it comes to that. You don't want to be the goat. You don't want to be that kind of goat. You understand what I'm saying? I want to be a sheep. So when he sees me, when I get up there, he goes, Chris, I'm going to be like, Jesus, Chris, that's me. You got a place for me? Come over here. I got a place for you. He's going, I got, I'm telling you, I'm going to see the king. I got a place and the father and Jesus went to prepare that place for me. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? You have a place. You can be guaranteed. You can know it today. Isn't that good news? You're watching. Don't scroll down. Don't you scroll. You can know today. You can know Jesus today. Have a guarantee. Your life may be upside down. You don't know which way to turn. Turn to Jesus. It's because Paul said to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. I want to make sure I'm being present with the Lord. So I'm laying down on the ground. Blood's coming out. You know what I mean? And the first thing comes to my mind is my family. First thing I said to the guy that shot me, I said, you tell my wife. With the, when I gather my breath, you tell my wife, you tell Vanessa that I love her. Blood gushing out of my side, you tell her that I love her, and I'm sorry that this happened. It was an accident. And I'm sorry because we had talked about there's places that we wanted to go, vacations and stuff that we wanted to go, and we wanted to go see. I joke with Vanessa sometimes. I'd be like, if you ever remarry, I'm going to come back and haunt that guy. <laughs> I said, you will go marry somebody else. She goes, I won't I won't remarry because you'll be a handful. I won't be free. She goes, You kidding me? Be free. I'm not going to say I'm a hon. I'm going and be like, woo, get out of my bed. You know what I'm saying? Boo, get away from my wife. Anyway, she goes, you ain't gotta worry. She says, You are you a handful enough. And so I said to her, I said, honey, I said, no, I said to him, I said, just tell my wife I love. her. And I go down the line. She said, tell Ainsley, tell Ainsley that I'm sorry that this happened. I said, tell tell her that I'm sorry I'm not gonna be able to walk her down the aisle. I'm sorry that I'm not gonna be at her her graduation. You tell her I'm sorry. And I go down the line. You so tell CJ. Tell CJ that I'm sorry that this happened. He and I had talked about me doing his wedding, and we had talked about a ton of stuff. And I just, I just said, I'm sorry. Tell him. Tell CJ that I'm sorry. And then I said, tell Luke. So I'm looking at him now. It almost makes me tear up as I see him right now. almost didn't get a chance to see him. I said, tell Luke that I'm sorry. This was an accident. Tell him. You know, and I, I had a nickname for him, a rooster, because when he, he didn't have any hair now, but when he, when he was little, he had a little rooster hair that would lay down to the side. So I call him Rooster sometimes. And I said, You tell him that I love him and that I'm sorry this happened. And then Vanessa was pregnant with our youngest daughter, Brayden, when this happened. I said, You tell my unborn daughter, tell my unborn baby that I, I'm, I'm sorry I'm not even going to be there. I'm not even going to be there. I'm going to die. I said, you promise me. And I yelled out. So said, you promise me and tell them. You promised me that you're going to tell them. And he said, I promise. I promise I'm, I'm going to let them know. And so I, uh, I lay there in excruciating pain. They left to try to go get help. And they came back. Uh, with another elder they had to go back and tell Pastor Terry and different, all the other pastors that it had been shot. And so they, they came back with some help. And they happened to find the smallest uh, and, and looked like, he's not necessarily, looked like the, the, the small frame elder. And they brought, brought him back to help me, who weighed at the time 416 pounds, to get some help. Hello? seemed like David went back and got more help, but I'm, I'm laying there, and they said, let's get him in the truck. So one person grabs a leg, the other person grabs another leg, and they grab an arm, and they grab another arm, and they pick me up and drop me down on the ground. Now, I can't tell you how bad that felt as well. Uh, come come the top on top of that. So they go, let's try again. So they grab a leg, they grab another leg, pick me up, and drop me again. And you drop a brother twice, all of a sudden you just be like, stop, stop, stop. Don't, I said, just let me stay here. Now, some of you are going, wow, that's crazy. But listen to me. Some of you here have had friends that you've called on to try to help you, and they've dropped you. They, they weren't there for you. You turned to them, and you thought you were going to get help. You thought they were going to come to your aid. You thought it was going to be different, and they weren't there. They didn't do what they said they were going to do. It was nothing, but they dropped you. They didn't drop you physically, but you, maybe they did. They didn't drop you emotionally, but maybe they did. They didn't drop you drop your call, but maybe they did. But the truth of the matter is, is that you were all alone. You were abandoned, and they dropped you. I want to tell you, your friends, they can be friends, but there is, there is a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. And his name is Jesus Christ. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He cannot fail. He doesn't lie. And he does everything he says he's going to do because he's an amazing God. He's an amazing friend. He's an amazing brother. And he came to die so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. So some of those friends, have dropped me, they dropped me on the ground. And by the last time they dropped me and I said, stop, 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 stop. Let me die. Just let me die. Let me just die. Let me leave me alone. Leave me alone. Now, I'm going to tell you, some of you have been in that place. Remember I told you, put yourself in the store. You've been in a place where you've been just like, I just want to stay here and just die. I don't want to stay here. Some oppression has closed in on you. Depression has closed in on you. You're just like, leave me alone. You've isolated yourself. you kept yourself away from everybody else, and you're just like, stop, stop, stop. I'm just going to stay here by myself. I'm going to isolate. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I want to be by myself. And you, the truth of the matter is, is that God has not intended for you to live life by yourself. He never intended you to go throughout life and just live it out by yourself. That's why we have community. That's why we have church. That's why we have the body of Christ. We're not the individual of Christ. We're the body of Christ and he never intended for you to live life by yourself some of you would have died you would have lost heart you would have fainted if you had not seen the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living and so these things have been circled so I just said to him I said leave me here let me stop stop just let me die and I remember the elder that they came and brought his name was John Worley he was here at first service he walked over to me He leaned down in my ears. I'm I'm sitting there. He says, Chris, who I want to stop here for a minute. Do you know that God knows your name? The Father knows your name. He calls you by name. His name, your name is written in his arm. Your name needs to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but he calls you by name. He said, Chris, he said, if you're going to get help, if you're going to get help, the help that you need, you got to get up yourself and get in that truck. Now, I'm thinking to myself, that sounds real good in the movie. Get up. You can do it. You can do it. You can get up. And I'm thinking, yes. And then the music plays in the background. And then all of a sudden, uh, I get up. I will tell you that that's what I thought. But uh, the, thing, the thought crossed my mind. He's crazy. He done lost his mind. There's no way I'm getting in that truck. You see it. There's a gaping hole in my side. I'm not getting up and getting in the truck. He done lost his mind. But just as calm, and you some of you are laughing, but the world is loud. Your circumstance is loud. Your problem is loud. All the things that are going on in your life, your finances, the things going on in your marriage, intimacy in your marriage, all the things in your relationships is loud, screaming at you, telling you that you're not going to make it. But you need that still, small voice that comes to you and says, get up out of the place that you're in. Get up out of that muck. Get up out of that place of misery. Get out of that depression. Get up out of that depression. Get up out of that place because you can get up. The Bible says though a man falls seven times, he's going to get back up and rise up. I'm telling you what, some of your your situations has tried to push you down, try to keep you from God's very best, but there's a still small voice. The very spirit of God on the inside, he says, get up. Get up out of that place. There's got to be some fight on the inside of you, right? There's got to be something on the inside. He says, I'm tired of this, I'm not going to live this way anymore, I'm not going to be this way anymore, I'm not going to take it anymore, I'm not going to live this way, I've got to get up from this place that I've been in, and step into my destiny that God has for me. I will not settle for second best, I will not settle for all the other things that the life that life has to offer, I want God's very best, so I'm getting up, I'm getting up, I'm getting up, I'm getting up out of this place, I'm not staying there anymore, I'm getting up out of that, house, that hospital bed, I'm getting up out of that misery, I'm getting up out of that place. Why? Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. David said, by my God, I could run through a troop and leap over a wall. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus because God has paid the price for me to rise up out of that place. Mm. And step in the destiny that he has. That's that's for somebody in here this morning. You've been in that place way too long. You've been apathetic way too long. God says, get up. You can get up. Because I got up out of that tomb over 2,000 years ago. And all power, all dominion, all might has been given unto me. And I'm giving you the same power to tread upon serpents, scorpions, and all the power of the enemy. And you can get up. Because he got up. Amen? Amen? So I did. I grabbed my arm folded over that gaping hole in my side, I picked myself up, and I threw myself in the back of that truck, and then off they went, and they hit every bump on the ranch that they could find, I mean, just hitting bumps, I'm like, hey, there's a bump over there, let's get it, and they just hit that bump, oh man, it was crazy, and so they get us to the, the, so we're riding, somebody had to tell, somebody had to tell, uh, call Vanessa and let her know that her husband had been shot, I would not be the one have to make that phone call. Hey, Vanessa, uh, I want to let you know that your husband had been shot you know, so I told Vanessa one time, I said, honey, what was what coursed through your mind when they called and told you that I'd been shot? Did you like, did you start crying? Did you start weeping? Did you did you did you say, Oh my love, my love, thou can't just leave me now? Did you did you say I said Vanessa, did you did you cry? I said, What's the first thought that came to your mind? She goes, You wanna know the first thought? I go, I wanna know the first thought. I goes, does he have life insurance? I want to know if he had life insurance. I want to know that we're going to be taken care of. I go, you didn't think She so. goes, yeah, I just want to make sure. I knew you were going to be all right, but I want to make sure we were all right. I go, man, that's crazy. Anyway, the truth is that as I go, they take me to the, to the ambulance, and on the way there, they get an ambulance, and, the, and there's a guy. They say, Mr. McCray, we can't find a vein. We can't find a vein in your arm, and we don't, we don't know what we're going to do. We could get you some pain medicine. And so as, right at that moment, one of the three guys that was in the ambulance I don't, I don't know where he got this from but this is what he said he said I know he goes let's go through his toenails to get a vein I know why don't you go get the gun that I was shot with put a bullet in it and shoot me in the head that's what you do how about you do that go through his toenails where was this guy practicing medicine at Walmart and the pharmacy department won't you just I mean seriously the toenail guy he said let's go through his toenails he was serious too this brother just, like, ding, like a bright light came above his head. He goes, let's go through his toenails. Man, I, wanted to, I never wanted to slap somebody as hard in my life. Nobody is going through my toenails to get me some pain medication. And let me tell you this. If anybody suggests it to you, say no. <laughs> toenails. Are you crazy? And as I'm as as lying there and pe- people are praying, um, I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, um, I mean, I don't I don't know what we'll do. And and let me back up. There was when I was laying in the back of the truck and they were hitting every bump. I remember just saying to myself, I'm going to die. I know I'm going to die. I'm not going to make it. And so um, I've said my piece. They're going to tell my wife and all my kids. So and I know I'm right with God. So I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm I'm I can go. I'm good. I'm I'm ready. And so I thought to myself, I've never died before. So, how do you die? anybody anybody know how to die? There's not a Dying for Dummies book, you know. You just die. I never died before, so I don't know what to do. Was you supposed to do something? I mean, woo. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've seen movies where, oh, you know, what I'm saying I don't know. So, how do you how do you die? So this is what I said to myself. You know, how, you know, how sometimes we don't know what to do. You start getting you start getting religious. I, I got religious. I said, I you know, I'll do what Jesus did. I'll say what he said. And I literally did this. I literally this is a true story. I said. Into thy hands I commit my spirit. <laughs> and nothing happened. And so I'm like, maybe I didn't say it right. So I was like, I, I'm going to say it again. So I closed my eyes and I said, Lord, into thy hands. I commit my spirit. I said it a second time and I kid you not, as sure as I'm standing here as sure as I'm talking to you, as soon as I said that last word, my spirit I began to remember. The Lord took my memory back of every prayer that my grandmother prayed over me every prophetic word that I received every prayer that my mom prayed over me, every dream that I ever had about my life, every vision I've ever had about my life. I began to see things that God had told me and called me to at a young age. Every prophetic word, every prayer that I prayed, things that I asked God to do that he hadn't answered yet. All those prayers and that faith started flooding back into my soul and I began to have hope flood into my heart and I began to speak to myself and say, you know what? I got places to go. I got things to do. God's called me for such a time as I got youth. I was youth pastor at the time. I got youth that are depending on me. I got to get back and I begin to talk to myself. You know, they say crazy people talk to themselves. Do we have any crazy people in here this morning that would say God has a purpose and a plan for my life? He is not done with me. He's not done with my purpose. He's not done with the plans and the passions and the pursuits that he has in my life. I'm ready to step into all that God has for me. Do we have any crazy people that would speak to themselves and to speak to their circumstance and their situation and say, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus that he is not done with me yet. I got things to do and I'm not done yet. God has a plan for my life and I'm going to step in. I began to talk to myself right there in the back of that truck. I began to and Some of you need to speak to yourself, begin to talk to your mountain, speak to your circumstance, speak to your situation, speak to your marriage. It's like you, you're like, your marriage may be bad. Walk back and say, we're not done. We're going to be in love more than we ever have been before. I'm going to do everything I know to do because God has called me for such a time as this. Speak to your situation. Speak to your circumstance. And so I did. And I again hope began. Some of you need hope this morning. You need faith this morning. You need the hope of God to flood in over you and let him have the final word over your situation. Amen. So I sent him back that ambulance, the guy with the toenail. I don't know what to do with him. And as I'm laying there, I could hear off in the distance the sound of helicopter blades beating against the air. Now, last night I was at a, at a medical city um, Plano and I was sitting there waiting on somebody to pray for him and the helicopter came in right as I was sitting there and it jogged my memory back. Because I heard it and then I saw it last night and I was thinking about the fact that I could, before I could see, before I could see the helicopter I heard it. Here's what I want to tell you this morning. Sometimes you've not been able to see the thing that God has promised you. You have not, you've, not, you've not seen it, you've not experienced it yet, it's afar off. You, you've not seen it, but you know God's promised it to you. you you've, not, you've not seen it with your own eyes, but you know God's promises are yes and amen. You've not experienced it yet, but you know that God cannot lie and he cannot fail, but you can hear it. But you're like, what do you mean I can hear it? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so you've taken the word and you believed it even though you've not seen it because we serve a god who says that i can do i can call those things into existence as though they were not and he's still the god that raises the dead so i could hear the helicopter in the distance i said what is that they go that's a helicopter that's coming for you helicopter's coming for you do you hear that I can hear it beating up against the air. And I'm gonna tell you something today. I want you to listen to me. If you don't hear anything else I say, I want you to hear this. The sound of your rescue is not the sound of a helicopter blades beating up against the air, but the sound that's coming to rescue, you, the sound that already came to rescue, you, is the sound of nails being beat into the hands of your Savior and into the hands and the feet of your Savior. I'm telling you, the sound is not helicopter blades, but it's the sound of a stone being rolled away from the mouth of a tomb. And the truth is, is that He got up out out of that tomb. He got up out of that grave and it's the sound of redemption. It's the sound of salvation. It's the sound of the redeemed. It's the sound that God has in store for those that would say yes to him and can come out of that situation and circumstance and stand up and say, I know in whom I have believed that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. I'm giving it to you, Lord, because I know that you're able to do it. Matter of fact, he says, I'm able to do exceedingly. He could have stopped there. He could have stopped that I'm able to do. But he goes on and says, I'm able to do exceedingly. Could have stopped there. But then he goes on to go abundantly. He could have stopped there. Then he goes, above all that you could ask or think, according to the power of God that works in you. That's for somebody this morning. You need the power of God working in on your behalf. There's a loved one that you've been praying for. There's a situation in your job that you've been praying for. This whole deal with this COVID stuff you've been praying for. And you need the exceedingly, the abundantly, and above all God to come in on your behalf. I want to tell you this morning that he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or think. According to the power of God that works in you. Amen? Amen. So I'm laying there. And then the helicopter comes and and they, they get me in the helicopter. Now, you got to understand, there's, there's blood and all this stuff that's coming, and I don't want to get too gory, but it's, it's just a mess. My muscles are still convulsing, trying to get back together. They're convulsing. They're doing this. The massage is trying to get back together. Every muscle in my body, every fiber in my being is, is tense from the, I, can, I remember just my neck and my shoulders, every muscle is intense and just convulsing because they're it's designed to be together, and when it's blown apart, they're trying to get back together, so I'm using every muscle that I can, and by this time, a couple of hours have passed, and I'm tired. I'm just wiped out. I'm just done. And some of you may be that place. You have tried everything in your own strength. You've tried everything in your own place. You've tried every every muscle, every fiber, every prayer, every tear, everything that you've tried to do in your own strength. You've tried to do it. You've tried to do it on your own strength. you tried to push on it, and nothing has happened. You've tried to make it happen. Nothing has happened. you tried to move it. Nothing has happened. You see, nothing's happening with my kids. Nothing's happening on my job. I'm still, just, I'm still experiencing the same thing. And you're just tired. Some of you are tired this morning. Some of you are spiritually tired, some of you are I'm going to say use this, the Lord told me use this some of you are emotionally shot some of you are spiritually shot some of you are, are, are mentally shot, you just don't have any energy left because COVID, the world circumstances, the news all the media, the racism, all the other stuff has just caused you to just be tired and you know what, it's okay for you to be tired but it's not okay for you to quit you hear me church? It's not okay for you to quit. It's tired. You'll be tired. Because I heard him say, they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. You'll mount up with wings of eagles. We wait upon him, and he renews our strength. And so I was just tired. Only to see, like, you know how sometimes you can close your eyes, but you can still see? You know what I'm talking about? Everybody know what I'm talking about? It happens to me all the time at home. I'll be sitting at home and my eyes will be closed, and the kids will get the remote and change the TV. And I go, "Hey, I was watching that." They go, "You were snoring." I was not. I was just breathing hard. You know what I'm saying? You come in and try to change the channel. Hey, I was watching that, Dad. That's Sesame Street. I was still watching it. I was watching. Don't you change the channel on me? I was watching that. Like, Dad, it's it's. It's that. What's that channel? The uh, the the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> I was watching that. God can speak to anything. You know what I'm saying? You just make up excuses. Your, the Hallmark Channel. He was, was watching it. But anyway, I was doing that on that on that helicopter helicopter. God sitting over here. There's a pilot. Guy sitting here, sitting over here, and I closed my eyes just enough to see this guy look over here at this guy and do this. Exactly right. <laughs> Everybody knows what that is. You can be deaf and do that, and everybody knows what that is. You can be in Zimbabwe and be like, woo walking. Uh-uh, uh. You know what I'm saying? Everybody. Everybody know what that means. You gonna give me the cutoff sign while I'm laying there in the, in the deal? We in the air. What you gonna do? You're gonna cut off. So you know what I did? I go like I did at home. Hey! What you mean by that? He goes, well, Mr. McCray, um, you stopped talking to us. I'm like, what you want to talk about? We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Let's talk about the Cowboys. Had a loser season. Said, Did you see that? Des caught it. You know what I'm saying? What you want to talk about? We talk about whatever you want to talk about. Now, some of you are laughing, but I want to say this to you because this is for somebody. Some of you, you have stopped talking. You have clammed up and you've isolated yourself and you're not talking to, your, to people that are meant to help you. And, and the world has given you the cutoff sign. Your situation, Satan has given you the cutoff sign. Satan has told you that you're not gonna make it. You're not gonna do it. You're not gonna get that. You're not gonna get that promotion. You're not gonna do You might as well just give the cutoff sign. You're not gonna do it. He's given you the cutoff sign. I wanna tell you this morning, you hear this this morning, not just with your physical ears, hear it with your spiritual ears, that God has not given you the cutoff sign yet. He is not done with you yet. He has called you for such a time as this, and you step up into your destiny and you give the devil to cut off sign. You say, you know what? I'm done with you. I'm done with your schemes. I'm done with your problems. I'm done with all the issues and stuff you've been bringing up to me because my God has given me power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all, all, all the power of the enemy. And I have power to be able to do what God's called me to do and to be who he's called me to be. So you give me the cut off sign. I said, give me the cut off sign. I give you the cut off sign. Especially not when we're in the air. You're going to cut a brother off while he's in the air? We ain't finna to do that. And so we get down to, to the place, and all of a sudden, um, they wheel me in, and I'm in this room with all the, all the d- surgeons that are around. It's all people dressed, uh, they're dressed in white, and the head surgeon is right here next to my head, and he's saying, he's like, all right, staff, this is what we're getting ready to do. We're going to cut here, and we're going to bring here. And I didn't even care what he said. This is what I did in the middle of his speech. In the middle of his speeching, that's how they say no in, the, in the country. In the middle of his speeching, <laughs> I reached up and grabbed him by the collar, and I brought his face down to my face, and I said, you are going to give me something for this (laughs) pain right now. He goes, I got you, big boy. So he put that thing on my face, and I was like, he'll be coming around the mountain when he comes. Woo! I love Jesus. You're so good to me. You know what I'm saying? I was out, man. I'll tell you. The next thing I knew, I woke up, and the first person I saw was my lovely wife's face. I saw her face. And I knew I'd come out on the other side of this deal. Now, it, was, it wasn't nearly over. I was in the hospital for a long time, had a nurse whose name was Big Bertha. I ain't even gonna talk to you about what happened with her. <laughs> but I'm still here. Yeah. I'm still here. I want to tell you this morning, you're still here. Satan meant for evil. What Satan meant for evil, God is turning for good. He tried to take you out. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, but every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you will condemn. God has a purpose for you. He tried to. He tried to make you fail. He tried to cause you to quit, but you are still here. You fight another day. You live to fight another day because my God, if God is for me, and he's more than the world. Who can be against me? He's more than the world. Than against me. Everybody else can be against me. But if God is for me, I can fight. You know what I'm saying? I don't fight my battles. Let me tell you, I can stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Why are you so quiet? He's fighting, girl. Look at him. He's fighting. Why are you so quiet? Why are you silent? He's fighting for me. How do you know? Because I just need to be quiet. Be still and see the salvation of the Lord.